Ready for the word? So we looked at oral tradition. Let me, it was a good note. Let me see where we start. Okay, we looked at um, eloquency. Um, we looked at. Um, so we, we, we've looked at was Moses a stammerer? Jabba, uh, we said he's not, Abi. Well, welcome. Must Moses document history? Okay. All right, let's pray. Father, we thank you. We ask and we say there is illumination. The eyes of our understanding is enlightened. There is clarity. We have light as we progress in the knowledge of the holy. And we say there is, there is clarity for us and we have attentions into your insight in your word this evening, this afternoon, in the name of Jesus. Amen. All right. So we said the Bible is a piece of literature. Um, I think this should be the 10th session. Ninth session, okay. We said the Bible is a piece of literature, and that means, when we say it's a piece of literature, that means it must be read. It must be interpreted. It must be understood with the consideration of regular use of words. So that means the Bible must be read. It must be understood. It must uh, be understood with the, uh, with the consideration of the regular use of words. So that means the, the aim of the Bible is such that you understand it. You understand what it is written. So when we are looking at Bible hermeneutics today, we are looking at how to understand the Bible. And we said the Bible is a compendium of books and it's expected that firstly, a book of the Bible is taken on its own merit. That is, the book is first of all used to explain itself. You won't use um, a physics textbook or a chemistry textbook or a literature textbook to explain the Bible. You will use the Bible to explain itself. So that means, that is why, if you notice the way we study the scriptures in church, we do, we do something like, let's see instances where it was used, right? We, when we say, let's see instances where it was used, what does that mean? It simply means, let's check, so please be my board. Let's check, uh, we'll say, let's check, the essence of that is that, let's, let's go through the scriptures to properly understand the articulation of that word. Are you getting what I'm saying? So that shows that the Bible is, so this on its own can be studied. So take, now pick at your Bible and just look at it now. Just like, wow. For me to understand this thing, I have to read it on its own. It has its own merit. So I will understand the Bible by using the Bible to understand it. <laughs> I don't know if I, if I said the right thing. I will understand the Bible by using the Bible to understand the Bible. Does that make sense? So that means the Bible will be clear in my mind when I also use the same Bible to understand it. I won't use a literature textbook to understand it. I won't use a physics textbook to understand it. I won't use... Um, uh, I won't use... Uh, let me show that thing again. Uh, I would I try to use the Bible <laughs> to understand the Bible. So, and we said, um, 
So the, we said the text or the concepts are read and explained in consonance and with corroboration with other books of the Bible. So that shows that if I struggle to find, let's say, if, I, if I'm struggling with something in Genesis, my answer will be in other parts of the scripture. I don't know if I'm getting what, the, what I'm saying. If I struggle, okay, let's take Revelation for instance. A lot of people have misunderstood Revelation because of the visions in Revelation. But do you know, if you have read other parts of the Bible, you won't have a problem with Revelation. You won't. You will understand Revelation as clear as it is. It's just like, um, it's just like that what happens now. You know, it's lack of people not understanding it. That's happened in Genesis 3. It's lack of people not understanding that's happened that people now have said, um, people now started saying, serpent started crawling on the floor. He, was, he used to stand up before. He started crawling. They developed that fallacy. But if you, if you have read through the scripture, the serpent was descriptive of the devil. You also see in Revelation where it says, that old serpent that is the devil. It was clear. So that shows that the understanding of the scriptures will be across the books of the Bible. So let's say if you struggle with Ephesians, you will have to read other books of the Bible to understand what Ephesians is saying. I don't know if you get what I'm saying. So it's as clear as it is. So it's, as, it, it's, very, it's very clear. So with, with understanding the scriptures, you must... Pay keen attention because that approach will give you an awesome view of the scripture. Once you approach the Bible, just like I told you, in using other books of the Bible to explain it, you have a very awesome view of the scripture. That is, the Bible, the text of the Bible, or the Bible explaining itself. So that's why if we take a word today, do you, know, do you notice, let's say we want to explain, let's say we want to explain, it's just like in, in the last session last week when we were teaching up two weeks ago. It was two weeks ago. Oh, wow. Time flies. Okay. Two weeks ago, when we were when doing the last session, we said eloquent, right? And look at how we explain it. We didn't say, let's check dictionary. <laughs> we didn't say, let's check dictionary to find dictionary meaning of eloquent. That's not what we did. Or let's see, we're eloquent. We're, we didn't say, let's see how Ben Kansi used eloquent. Let's see how Barack Obama used eloquence. Let's see actually, mama, dad, Igor's addition used eloquent to understand it. We simply went into the Hebrew word. We said the Hebrew word for eloquent is daba, right? And then we now traced the word daba, right? All through the scriptures and we're able to arrive at a conclusion. That is exactly how to study the scriptures. So the text of the Bible explaining itself. Now, so we, 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 we looked at oral tradition. And we said um, that historically, the last account of Genesis was 300 years before Moses was born. So that means the last account of Genesis, that would mean that Joseph's story, all of those things, was at least 300 years before Moses was born. So that shows Moses did not meet anyone of that time. I mean, 300 years. That's quite a long time. Moses did not meet anyone in that generation that he was writing about alive. So he never met Abraham. Moses never met Abraham. Moses never met Isaac Jacob. Moses never met, Moses never met uh, uh, 
Joseph. Moses never met um, who again? Sarah. Moses never met Adam. So we said, I was able to write those things. We said he was able to write them via oral tradition because we said oral tradition is a form of human communication wherein knowledge, ideas, cultural materials are received, preserved, transmitted by the word of mouth from one generation to another. And the messages may be passed down through speech, songs, or a form of folktale and the fable, epic histories, narrations, proverbs, or sayings, and song. And we said, uh, old traditions, so those are how things are passed down, just the way we talk about uh, histories, just, just like the way we talk about slavery today. Uh, we were not there, it's our forefathers that was there. And we just say, oh, the, black was, the blacks were mistreated in the United States of America. Ah, you are not the black that was mistreated now. Are you getting what I'm saying? You are not the one that they, they, they padlocked their mouth. It was your forefathers. And your forefathers <laughs> are long gone. But you know the story today because it's now being taught in schools. People have acted it now as movies. People have uh, passed the story down and the story and the history can't be lost. Are you getting what I'm saying? Okay, it's just like, let's, let's, let me ask you a question. It's just like the early stages of our church now, supernatural communities. Some of you will be able to tell people and say, this is what happened. Okay, let's say, let's use Sister Rokena. She wasn't here at the earlier stage, but she already knows the story. Now she can say, if she's teaching now tomorrow, she can say, I wasn't there, but I heard that pastor did this some years ago. Are you getting what I say? So that disciple now that she taught now, we say, I also heard, are you see how the story is now being passed? I also heard that some years ago, pastor did this, 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 this. Are you getting what I say? And that's how the story keeps passing. And that's how it got to Moses. Well, the intelligence, the, the, the beautiful thing is that Moses was able to now communicate it down. So I remember there was, there was something that we were discussing some two weeks ago in, in UR. And this man asked me a question. He said, and I want to explain a bit of that question he asked me. He said, so our Bible wasn't detected. Because some religions believe that their own book is dictated. That God just said, Chiamaka, pick your Bibles, write. God now say, in the beginning, Chiamaka wrote, in the beginning. God created, God created. Heaven, earth. And that's how the whole Bible, everybody wrote it. No. It was not dictated. Our Bible was not. So, don't forget, also, let me give you some, some things I want to tell you that I'm supposed to tell you in the future, but I'll tell you now. Don't forget that this Bible also passed through editorial material. Editorial material will mean they edited it, they took some things out, they, they make sure that it's a standard book. Oh, you don't know. Hey, guys. You don't know. This, this Bible passed through editorial materials now. They will, they will edit it. 
they will make sure that the English is correct. They will take out some things to make sure that the book is accurate. Are you getting what I'm saying? You will see some, and because it is handled by men, and I've always told you one thing about men is that there's imperfections. So that shows the, so can we say, hmm, hmm, you, you, you are dragging me to a series I wanted to teach in future, but I don't, I don't know if I want to teach it in future. Probably I'll just include it into Bible hermeneutics. Ah, I should have brought my material on that today so that we'll just talk a little bit. Okay, in the, in the next session, I'll, 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 in the next... In our next session, I'll, 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 I'll bring the material, we'll, we'll look at it. I should have brought it to the oh, shoot, shoot, shoot. I, 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 I don't know why I forgot. I didn't bring my bag. Oh, boy. Okay. Now, see. So, a big question is, is the Bible a honest book? Because you meet people who expect the Bible to be very perfect. Don't worry. Okay, we answer this question. We answer this question soon. Don't worry. So we said. Okay, let me let me let me let me answer that question. Is is the Bible a honest book? Yes, it is. Very honest. Why? Because the God did not paint Himself perfect in the book. So say, but God is a perfect God. Ah, but the men he walked with were not perfect. I think I'm breaking the some some mental things you have always had about God. Ah, let me stop this so you don't you don't pause this audio. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Ah, this guy has entered a No. The men he worked with in scripture were not perfect. And the documentation of the book can't be perfect. So that is so are there missing details in the scriptures? It's not for our consumption. But it's not all the story. It's just like saying you want to see where Abraham was living. You want to see the details of Abraham's house. You want to see the details of a, a. You want to see what Abraham was doing. Just like people, people keep wondering, why did they not give us details for the first 18 years of Jesus' life? What do you want easy to do? You know, Jesus was alive for 33 years, and for 12 years, we didn't. We only had something. We only had something at his birth. They did not tell us anything when he was three. They did not tell us anything when he was six. They did not tell us anything when he was eight. The next thing we had was twelve, and they gave us a summary. He was seated, asking tough questions. They did not tell us when he was fifteen. They did not tell us when he was seventeen. They did not tell us when he was twenty. They did not even tell us when he was twenty-one, when he was a teenager. They did not even tell us when he was twenty-five. The next place we heard was when he was 30. The closest we heard was at least he was out walking with his father in his carpentry shop. <laughs> but some people want that detail. They want to see 
What cup of water did Jesus drink? I'm like, I'm that type of person. <laughs> I really like to know those kind of details. What kind of, what kind of food did he eat? Where was his toilet? <laughs> those, are the, those are my kind of questions. What time was he sleeping? Did he slap anybody in his carpentry shop? Was he using, you know, maybe when he was using the, the chainsaw to, to, to wire the, how uh, did they, uh, to cut the wood, was he using aggression? Because as a son of God, you have to be peaceful with everything. You got, <laughs> as God, you just be hallelujah, glory. So was it the does he <laughs> I want to know when his mother said Jesus or yeah, yeah, that should be what they will call him Jesus because Jesus is the English one <laughs> or the Greek or the English one so it's not Jesus they were calling him like that it will have Jesus or something in the in his Hebrew or English in the in that Aramaic word. So they would have said, Jesus, or Yeshua, or Joshua. Say, Ma, Mom, you know, I want to see what, how was Jesus calling him. I'm sure maybe that's why Luke went to meet Mary. Give me the detail. What was happening before your death? So Luke now told us about Elizabeth. How, eh, Mary, the mother of Jesus, and Elizabeth met before, and the baby in her body, in her womb, leaped for joy. You know, Luke was like, hmm? I'm sure Luke must have more information I did not put down. Just say, ah, if I write this down, they will not accept this book. <laughs> Are you getting what I'm saying? So there's some classical informations that some people need to understand now but those details were not given for us in the bible the next thing we just said was when Jesus was of age he was 30 years he was tempted of the wilderness he went to the when he was 30 he started ministry he just went to fast and pray and all of those things then the story came but that shows that he probably maybe has been there he was edited away cut short cut short so that the bible can be this small are you getting what i'm saying so, don't forget, the Bible too will go through editorial book. Some people take this thing as very spiritual. It's a book. Is it that will make it spiritual in your understanding? That's why some people sleep here and with it and put pillow under, they put it under their pillow. They say, ah, I have to sleep with my Bible. Like say, <laughs> like say that's what will produce the good dream. You know? Somebody asked me one day, I don't know if she will listen to this. He said, can I trash my Bible? Ah. <laughs> I said, I don't know. <laughs> he said, I bought a new Bible. And that one looks torn up. The old one looks torn up. Can I trash my Bible? <laughs> In my African mind, I said, ah. I said, ah. 
That was the first thing I've ever seen. See, ha! So she was, I just remember. <laughs> when somebody says he has an old war and a new war, <laughs> you're not going to use the old war again now. I said, Well, I said, I wouldn't do it. I, I don't, I, I just expect that. I'm going to put my trash and put my Bible. <laughs> no, I mean, this was just a couple of weeks ago. Person just asked me, hi, but please, I want to ask you a question. And you know, you don't want that. See, the kind of questions that are troubling the heart of people, you never, you never can really tell you. Person, I said, I want to ask you a question. I have a question. It's bothering me. I said, what's the question? Can I trash my Bible? Ah! I just said, ah! I said, why? He said, yeah, I bought a new one. That one is old. Can I, and I don't like my house just littered around. I just want, I said, I said, ah! I said, don't do it too. And I called the person back. And I said, I wouldn't do it, but, <laughs> I said, I wouldn't do it, but, is your choice. Because <laughs> a lot of people are spiritualizing. And it, I mean, it's a good thing. It's a good thing. It's a good approach, at least, that you revere. You all know. I remember, if your Bible fall down, I, I don't know how many of you, if your Bible fall down when you were younger, you just said, Father, Lord, forgive me. Father, Lord, forgive me. Father, Lord, forgive me. Ye, it will look like you sinned. How many of you did? How many of you did that? Let me see your hand. Ah, uh, just one. Just how many? Three. Ah, you should. You should. Eh, me. Those days, my Bible folded like this. I will need that with the Bible. Lord, I'm so sorry. <laughs> Lord, I'm so sorry. Please be this, let this not take me to hell. <laughs> I know many of those things is just the fear of us going to hell. Because we don't feel like, ah, this is my own father, and Jesus called like this, BIM! Hell! <laughs> nah, Jesus, Jesus called like this, and the next thing is, as the teachers do, BIM! You know, they poo! You don't hear the trumpet sound, straight, straight to your desk. <laughs> do now. I think we, it's, it's no, I'm not saying, you should not reveal it. I'm just saying it's a book. It's a book. Hallelujah. It's a book that needs to be understood. It's, it's a book just like, let me tell you. It's a book just like that your physics textbook. Or just like that your uh, psychology of money book. <laughs> or just like, the, just like that your Chibaba. The only thing with this is that this contains the word of God. So, so, in the course of this series, maybe, maybe this series, or maybe, because I'm trying to see where I can end this series, at least to have a break, I want to teach you, I want to ask a question. Is the Bible the Word of God? Or is the Word of God different from the Bible? How about that? Oh, we are going to approach that question in this series. Maybe not this series or maybe series three, or but we are going to approach it soon. Is the Bible the, so? What's the word of God? We're going to ask ourselves that question. 
or going to have an answer. Amen. So we said something about uh, so so just like you will carry every book, right? So that shows that I can carry my Bible and say I want to read it, right? Right, guys? Yeah. So I can pick up my Bible and just say I want to read and understand it. So that means I can read and understand. But because of the spiritual lenses in our head, we read with a bias, right? Especially when we read the Old Testament, we say this is no God. We read it, but it can be read, right? It can be understood. So we, we, we said oral traditions, and we saw the documentations of the writings, right? We, so we, we, we've answered a question. Actually, the Old Testament now, we can say, how was Moses able to write the first, at least Genesis, oral tradition, right? Exodus, he was there. He was an active player in Exodus, Numbers, the Taonomi. All of the other things were things happening, right? And even to Revelation, things were happening. Okay. So now we say, let's ask ourselves another question. And we said, was Moses just documenting history? Especially with Genesis, right? Was he just saying stories for us? So now, to start with that, Moses did not document the entire history and the generation of the Jews. Is no, he didn't give us. So, if you want to learn the history of the Jews, it's not the Bible you will learn it from. You will have to do research and studies. Are you getting what I'm saying? <laughs> Listen to me. It's just like I'm Yoruba now. If you want to trace the history of Yoruba now, you have to go to Odudua or Umila. Uh, uh, which other one? Which other one? Shongo. No, not Shongo. Oh, eh? Location too. Ah, oh, no, not Yorubana. It's the Leife. Yeah, but Yoruba will not agree. That narrative, Yoruba will not agree that it's, we are from Bene Republic. Yoruba will not agree. Yoruba would rather say Ileife. That's the home of Yorubas. Ileife. That's why I'm saying Yoruba will not agree. There's a controversy with it. Yoruba will not agree. Yoruba will say our home is Ileife. That's why the most prominent Yoruba king is the, uh, or the Ife. The, uh, what they call it? Oni of Ife. Is one of the most prominent kings because they believe that that's that's our origin, that's where the dua came from, that's where uh, those mysteries. Uh, let's let's approach it in the American, the Western world now. If we want to give a a background and we say, okay, how did America, how was America from? We we'll look at Christopher Columbus, right, in the sixteenth and all of those things. I will say. Okay, Christopher Columbus discovered a place called America. And he started settling down, started doing all of those things. But the Native Americans will tell you, we own America. Why others will tell you, no, this and that. So if somebody is now to put down a documentation, hope you know, if we put down a documentation about where a point is trying to pass across, I don't know if you get what I'm saying. 
Okay, now let's see it. If I am to write now, do you know that I will favor more of the blacks more? I don't know if you get what I'm saying. I will write to favor more of the blacks because I am black. I will pick a lot of narratives on how the black built the United States or built the White House or made things the way it was today. The roads, the, the, uh, the things we owe the United States. The blacks did it. Okay. Let's, let's take another narrative. If you are to... There's something I'm going to teach you people in Supernatural Leadership Academy in, in the couple of years. It's, it's called... Um, it's going to be a series or a topic called Chronicles. This, this, it's, it's something you will have to learn. And uh, what, what, what do I mean about that chronicles? I simply mean, give me a doc, uh, because I'll teach, I'm, in Supernatural, I'm going to train you more on how to write and how to, how to read, how to write, and how to assimilate things. Now, if I say, give me, give me in the last 30 minutes now that we've been in church, and like I can say, give me a proper documentation of the events that has happened in church in 30 minutes. And I say, put it down for me. Do you know what you will do is, you will write these stories to your own narrative, to your own point. I don't know if I'm making sense. Okay, let's do another one. It's like saying, Okay, it's like saying we want to write the history of Rochester now. Do you know that from a spiritual angle, I'll write more on Charles Finney. I won't... Personally, I've not even done a research <laughs> on how Rochester came to be. It has not crossed my mind too. All, all that has crossed my mind has been the spiritual aspect of Rochester, New York. Are you getting what I'm saying? I, I, all I know about Rochester is, I think the, the thing that made it, maybe Rochester is the Genesee River. Oh, is, that the, is that how they pronounce it? Eh? Genesee. Oh, the Genesis River of, our, of, of this city. I think that's, that's the most prominent thing that makes it Rochester. But I will not write from that perspective. If somebody is to ask me to talk about Rochester now, I will talk from Rochester from the perspective of why I see it. And what do I see it? I see it in a spiritual perspective. Does that make sense? I'm seeing it from, oh, there was a time in the 1830 to 1831 to 32, there was a great revival in this city. Charles Finney, 60,000 people were in this city. And all the 60,000 people were saved. Imam Father Nash came, prayed around the city, make sure that the revival went well, and it was a great outreach, great awakening, and great revival in Rochester. I'll pick my narrative from there. And I'll say, that is why you walk around the city of Rochester and you'll find churches everywhere because of the kind of seed that was sown in this city. So churches, churches are literally everywhere in this city because of that kind of seed. You know, that would be my perspective in talking about Rochester. Right? 
I, but is that the real issue of Rochester? Mm -mm. Is that the real entire, is that how Rochester started? Is that how Rochester came to be? Is that the, the but is that part of the story of Rochester? It's part of the story, but is it the overall story? Are you seeing it now? Okay. When was Rochester created? Some of you don't even know. I don't even know myself. <laughs> because I have not seen it from that perspective before. When was Rochester created? Who discovered Rochester? Okay, Rochester was created in 1817, right? By the Brown Brothers. Okay. 1817. And in about 14 to 15 years after, an awakening came in the city. You know, anytime I talk about Rochester, I pick it from that narrative of 15 years after. How many? 1830 to 1830 to 1815 is how many years? Almost 15 years. I pick my own narrative from 15 years after the Brown Brothers discovered this city. Now, I also I, I didn't know that Wegman started in this city. It was indeed this mom that was telling me, that was telling us the story of how Rochester, she used to come to Rochester when she was much younger. Because there was Kodak. They said they say there was one Kodak. They do pictures, they do videos. They said there was a hub. They said the, the film thing started in Rochester. She said she said she has come to Rochester before to come and get some of them to do certain things. Me, I'm not going to go in that direction. That's not my perspective. But those are the part of our history of this city. This is the first time I'm hearing that there's a Brown brothers, I mean baby brothers. What is it? Rochester used to be called Rochester, called Rochester View. So, but they change it. Is it the Brown brothers that also change it? So they were the ones that discovered it. So it used to be called Rochester View. Why did they give it the name Rochester? Those are questions we should ask. I remember when I was in Indiana, I had to do research on why it's called Indiana. Why they call themselves the Usia States. You know, I had to I had to do those research. I was watching something about New York yesterday, and I figured that New York has a chain of its own side. If you want the Oslo and Bozo, just drive five hours away from here to the proper to Manhattan, Long, uh, Long Island, Brooklyn. You will see the Oslo and Bozo. You'll be stressed out. But if you, if you are done with that place, come to the upstate. This is the we live in the upstate. You come and relax and go back again. <laughs> go back again. Go and also come back to this upstate. Go back again. If you want, there's nothing you're looking for in New York, you won't find. If you're looking for waterfall, go to, to the island, you'll find it. If you're looking for, there's nothing you're looking for within this New York, you won't find. But that's not my perspective. If I want to talk about New York now, how we talk about the revivals that has happened within New York? Okay, let me tell you. Let me tell you my perspective in Indiana. Indiana is so much a Bible Belt. 
that quite a number of great revivals has happened in Indiana, but I didn't bother to do research about what, how Indiana came to be, what's my business in Indiana. Lester Sumrall was actually, he was, he was recently I was studying something. It was recently I found out that Lester Sumrall was actually in South Bend, Indiana, very close to Notre Dame. That Notre Dame, our ministry location in Notre Dame, is actually so much like a 100% Bible birthplace. That it's, it's believed that in the 18s, 19s, in fact, not even 18s, 18s is far. In the early 1990-something, there was great revivals happening within Notre Dame. In South Bend, in Indiana, in the whole of South Bend. Crossing over into Indianapolis, crossing over into those places. That's why you see that. Indiana, there's in most, when we're doing our treaties in Indiana, I we observe that there's no more oppositions. It was just bing, 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 bing. Because it's so much like a place well conquered. Are you getting what I'm saying? But here in New York, you are battling with principalities, powers, dominions, height, and things that is not itself in high places. You know? Because they seem not to have held those revivals wasn't sustained enough. After that 18th now of Charles Finney, there wasn't, so imagine how many years ago, there wasn't any other strong move per se. Okay, it's just like Ashbury, Kentucky. Do you know? That that revival that happened in Ashbury, Kentucky, it happened exactly that same way in 1970. 30 years ago, another one now came. Do you know that it will not be difficult? Now, I'm talking more in a spiritual aspect now. It will not be difficult in the next even five years for another revival to break forth in that kind of place. If it can be sustained well with good Christians. Because the land is ripe for it. Just 30 years ago, a revival break forth. And in fact, it was, it was one of the things that led to the Jesus Revolution in America, where the hippies came from and all of those things. And now, so that means, <clears throat> if somebody is to ask me now to write about Rochester now, I'm not going to talk about the Brown Brothers. I just heard Brown Brothers <laughs> today for the first time in my life. I didn't even know Rochester has been existing 15 years before the revival that happened. So, do, do you know that? My, eh? 13 years now. Do you know that I will be, I will be very biased and very short-sighted in my story, in the delivery of my story, right? Because what I want you to see is the Christianity aspect, the revolution that Jesus has done, and the kind of massive move of God's spirit in this city. That's what I'll write about. I won't write Kodak. I won't write Exynos. I won't write Brown Brothers. I won't write Wegmans. I will write Chasmini. Revivals. I will write is that Father Nash? I'll write the Methodist churches that came in place from there.
I will write about the Presbyterian churches that came from it. I will write all of it, those stories. And that will be my view. And when I present that story, you notice that you will read that story and you will think that's the entire history of Rochester. But is that the entire history? Ah, okay. Thank God you got what I'm saying. So now look at what Adam did. We're asking a question. Look at what Moses, not Adam now. Look at what Moses did. We're asking a question. Was Moses documenting history? And we said Moses did not document the entire history and the generation of the Jews. So in as much as we call Abraham the father of the Jews, could it be that he's the one that started it? Is it the one that started the Jewish world? Yeah, we can say yes. How we can say no. Because, now look at something. <laughs> we say Abraham is the father of the Jews, right? But you know, that's from Moses' perspective. Okay, if I want to say, who is the father of the revival of Rochester? I will say Charles Finney. But is he the first person who started the first church in this city? Obviously, no. There must already have been Christians on ground in this city, churches on ground in this city before he came. But if we want to trace a story and say, who is the father of, of, of revival in this city, we'll say Charles Finney. But there must have been somebody who started the first church in this city. Are you seeing study? Are you, are you, are you understanding me now? Okay. So, it was most, so, the Moses documents the entire history and the generation of the Jews. Obviously, no. Because we will now have to look who was the first person that was born. Where was he from? You know, we Yorubans now, we have a history. We said we started from Odudua. Right? That's our own history. I can say Ileluji history a bit. Why did they call them Ileluji? Ileluji is a place in Ondo State, Akure, and in the western part of Nigeria. Why? There was one man who was a king. His name is called Boluji. He owed a court class. He was a warrior. He was a fighter. So, if they call Boluji, so once they come to the town to defeat the, to come and fight them in Eluji, what would they do? They say, Boluji, Boluji, they've come. Boluji will just close his eyes. Boluji always close his eyes and appear. And he will just be killing people, killing them, defeat them. Once he's done, he will go. I might not say the story right, but I'm, I'm, I'm close to the story. Because they told me this story Years ago. So what was Boluji's work? Boluji was to make sure that those people were warriors, were, were peaceful. So now what happened? Some children or somebody, they were just playing. They now cried. I, I, I'm not so sure, but 
It's almost like what I'm saying. I, I'm not. A, I think there's some children. I mean, they were not crying. They now they they now deceive Boluji. Boluji too just woke up and started killing his own people. Boluji woke up and don't forget, Boluji will close his eyes. He's going to and will just be killing with his knife and everything and his sword. They now told, so people now started body. Boluji is your own people you are killing. Boluji is your own people you are killing. So that's how somebody just went behind his back and just lose it to let him see that. Ah, he now saw that he has been killing his own people. He now chew his cutlass. In fact, there is, that cutlass is still there to today. They, they put a roundabout around that cutlass. It's a very big story in Eleluji. They put a story, they, they, they place a roundabout in Eleluji and the cutlass is there. They now said, and Boluji Bo chew his cutlass there. They now said, Ile Tiolusu. That's why they now call it Ileluji. That is the land where the warriors slept and did not wake up again. That's where it's, that's why that place is called Ileluji today. Are you getting what I say? So if you want to trace your that history now, you say, we are warriors. We are proud people. They will say, Ileluji people say, we are proud. I'm proud to be an Ileluji person. I'm proud. They say we we are warriors. Now let me not take you for, let me not take it away now from that perspective. If I want to be a Christian, why am I talking about Elijah? Because I know their story. If I want to take it from a Christian perspective now, I also heard years ago there was a great revival in the land of Elijah. I think it was. I'm not too sure of the pastor's name. The pastor is still alive. But it was in his earlier days when he was there. I think it was Pastor Wally or Ladin or something. Oludinyo. He's the spiritual father to the pastor of Everlasting Hope in, in, um, in, in, in Indiana today. They said he came to do a revival years ago in the city and... It got many of them saved, many of them born again, delivered, broke all the bondage that is with them, and he prophesied over their lives that many of them, they will have it very easy to travel abroad. That's why today, you will find... <laughs> I'm telling you, there is no place you won't find a Leluji man. They even have an association in America. And that's it because... They, go, they even go to Nigeria to go and celebrate Ileluji Day. In America, there is something called Ileluji Day. People will travel from everywhere in America to come and celebrate it. Why? Because what, So if I'm to talk about the spiritual aspect now, I would say the, I would say the blessing of Ileluji people started from <laughs> Pastor Waleolodiyo, who came to do revival, deliverance, broke their shaku, and gave them a prophecy. It was like he, he broke a spell over their lives or a bondage that you people, you will step your feet abroad. That abroad, life will be easier for you. There is no way you will find them in the world. Asian people are everywhere in the world. There is no way. America, Russia, UK, ha. That's another word entirely for them. Canada, ah, oh, Canada, 
<laughs> you will find them everywhere. Everywhere. And they only show themselves. Especially with their language. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not trying to regret I love them so much. I mean, we have some people like that in our church, so I can't... <laughs> I know. <laughs> so, now. <laughs> so now. You know, if I'm to write about as a Christian, as a preacher now, if I'm to write about their lineage now, I will not write Boluji. I will write Pastor Wale Oladion. So that you can see a perspective. If somebody asks me, tell me an history of Ileluji now. And I just want the person, and I just felt like, okay, maybe the person is a Christian. And maybe, imagine, maybe Christians ask me, tell me the story of Ileluji. Do you know that? I will not say Boluji story. I will say that. I will say, I won't talk about the core class. I will talk about the revivals. I will talk about the time that Pastor Adeboye went to that city. My, my father told me that Pastor Adeboye went to the city. He was preaching in the classroom in the early 90s. And there were just like about maybe 20 or 30 people in the classroom. I was seeing him like this and I walked out of the service. I said, ah! I said, why? He said, ah, we did not know that it was going to be this big. <laughs> and honestly, I learned from that story. I, that thing, there's something I want to share with you people this October. As I said, this in the midst of this week. There's something that my pastor shared that stuck to me. He said some years ago, he went to minister in a place. And he said, the Lord showed him a vision about a guy who will come to the meeting, sit down there, and this is how he's going to... The Lord told him what the problem is going to and how he's going to help him. The Lord, and he saw in the vision the clothes he will wear and everything. And the timing he will even come into the service. But the Lord told him, just about the time we are about to call him out, he will stand up and leave the service. And you can't call him back. My father said, as he was teaching, the guy would say, yes, glory. He said, hey, Joma Kuro, don't go. I have a word for you, but it's not yet time. As he was teaching, he said, glory, glory. He was so, he was part of those people that were so excited about the service. So as he just said, play for me. Let's just lift our hands. Let's just worship the name of the Lord so that he will now call his case. The guy stood up and left. He said to you today, he hasn't told anybody the word. He said because he was under instruction. God told him not to. He said many of us miss out on little details just because we are careless. Why did you decide to go to the restroom at that time? That's the question he asks. Why is it that time you decided to go to the restroom? Holy Ghost is moving. You went to the restroom. Can't you keep the pee? Have you not kept pee? I'm going to discuss that with us as we, start, as we start talking about the move of the Spirit this October. Can't you keep the P? Ah. <laughs> what is the P you can't keep? Have you not kept P before? Just 20 minutes. My father said, we didn't know it was going to be that big. He said, we saw him now. He said, I, I walked into the classroom. I said, I left. I just dropped your mother there and <laughs> I left. Do you know that? My pastor said, do you know that that kind of man now will be looking for that word he has for him? Years down the line. 
And something could have been settled under five minutes that he should have waited. He will be looking for it for maybe the next five or 15 years of his life. Such a, such a story. Oh, that's not how we are in Bulu Jijo. That's not what I'm discussing today. But I think that blessed you, right? Yeah. So we are in Buluji. And uh, so if I'm to write something, right, about the history, hope you know that. Or I want to write about the Christian perspective. I will talk about when Pastor Dewey came years ago, right? I'll talk about when they did a great revival. I'll talk about, are you getting what I'm saying? The deliverance that happened, that brought it. But do you know that I might skip that Boluji story because I just feel like, what's the, what's the aim for it for Christians? Right? Okay. So now, let's come back. I, I'm, I'm glad I'm able to use this, my Boluji story. So that, that's actually why they are calling Elujiu. It simply means, Ileti Olusu. Olu simply means king or a warrior in Yoruba land. And it's even, he let you lose to Jimo. That he did not wake up. So as he killed all his people, he just said, oh wow, I'm not coming back again to fight. You will live your life the way you want. And all of those things. And he disappeared. He just died. Nobody could call him back again. So, and different stories like that. It's just like Ikiti too. I forgot, I keep forgetting the story of this one. They said there was one wicked man. I will, I, will, I will ask my father and come back and tell you the story. But, are you seeing writing perspectives now? Okay. So now, his writings, so Moses' writings, vocabularies, and use of words were skillfully done based on his erudition. Thus, he will find common grounds to find what is in history of the Jews to teach and explain the promise of salvation fulfilled by another afterwards. So what will Moses do? He will find common grounds to explain what is in the history of the Jews and teach and explain the promise of salvation. So it's like saying, if I want to look at the Leluji world now and explain salvation, can I pick, would I pick Boluji? Eh? I won't. I can either pick Boluji's story and say this was where their problem came from, right? And say, but a man came and delivered them. Right? Can I pick Rochester's story now and say, Rochester was already existing, people were living fine, but Charles Finney came and brought redemption to our world, to the city. Can I say that? So, what did Moses do? Moses find a common ground to explain the history of the Jews, to teach. So, is that the entire history of the Jews? Oh, no. That's not it. But what did he do? He found common grounds and picked those things to explain the promise of salvation. So, for instance, let's look at Adam. In writing Adam, he did not give us, look at something. This will bless you. I want you to pay attention. Moses did not give us archaeological history and details of Adam. Such like 
did, you know, he did not give us Adam's occupation. He did not give us where Adam was living. He just said, guarding of Eden. Rather, he picked Adam's history and wrote about man's disobedience and his eventual state and death and God's plan for redemption. So, can we say Adam is an archetype story? Archetypal story, like a depiction of something. But is that the full story of what happened to Adam? Is, because, you know, he didn't give us, unlike Abraham, he didn't give us Adam's job, Adam's occupation. He just told us, Adam and Eve, there was one man and one woman. So can we say he was, with Adam's story now, Adam was a descriptive story to show us that, see you guys, there was really one man. And that one man made us sin. He caused sin and the eventual destination of man. Can we say that? So he just walked around the story and, and gave us. So in essence, his writings is selective. He selectively employed stories, utterances. He's just to say, Tree of not, I was I was on Instagram early this morning. Somebody said, "Good morning to to my fellow women and to the other gender who was giving apple to eat." <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was us that supposed to say, "Good morning to the other genders," and or "Good morning, my fellow men." And to the other genders who deceived us to give us apple to eat. But this girl has changed the narrative and said, Good morning to my fellow women. And to the other genders who took the apple ahead. Ha! <laughs> I saw it and I almost messaged the person like, What's this? <laughs> but why? I have it. You know, my, my biggest question is why in our world do we think it's apple? You know, it's Jehovah's Witness that caused it. It's Jehovah wickedness. They are the ones that caused it. They are the ones that drew the. They are the ones that in their, their book, that their yellow book. They are the ones that drew Hapu for us. They take and they, they are the ones that make us think that snakes can talk because when they describe serpents in that book, they do. They did. They they, descri- they drew the snake. To be talking to the woman. I remember who saw, saw, saw that book. They drew the snake and the woman was beside the drew the snake like this. So you in your mind, you felt like the snake spoke. In your mind, they showed you how they were naked and they didn't know. They now show you how they show how they sow trees. How do you sow leaves together? You should hear they sow leaves and they now cover yourself later. Let me think. Let me let me get you thinking. Let me get you thinking because I'm also thinking. I think I once told you. I said that story is a supernatural world story, right? And if they are really naked, let me ask you: What clothes do angels wear? Angels wear. 
So does that mean angels are naked? So is it they wear white? <laughs> Who is the fashion designer? Is there a spiritual tailor? Sewing their wife for them. So that means if they are wearing white, the wife can be dead. Okay, imagine when Joseph, when Jacob was wrestling with the angel. So that means <laughs> Jacob must have dirty the angel's clothes. You don't understand. He said Jacob wrestled with the angel and the whole of his thigh. That means the angel even wound him. <laughs> they wrestled. <laughs> Who is supplying the material? I said Mickey James. I said Mickey James. <laughs> so always doing their makeup. Jackie, I know I'll be all chibi, chi, chi, yeah, neutral beat. All the neutral beat is beating the face of the Malaikas. Are you getting what I'm saying? So it's to tell you that that's the spirit world. Are you getting what So it shows that the public came into the natural and that's when they are dressed up. It's just to get you thinking. What clothes do angels wear? Feathers. Okay, how do they cover? So do they, do they at least oil their feathers? Who <laughs> uh, say they have feathers? Where did you? Because you watch this, it's just that little book and the movie you watch. Who told you angels have feathers? Because so on his wings he takes it. Did he say? Did he? Did he tell you these angels that are wearing wings? Did he ever tell you in the scripture? That angels are on wings. No, show me now. Where in the scripture did he say and his angels was his wings? They fly. Where? Where, where in the scripture did he say they fly? <laughs> yeah, they fly too. I didn't know spirit beings. Do they have to fly? Do spirits fly? <laughs> Who says you fly like angels? It was because of the Alkali's song. I believe I can fly. <laughs> That's what you heard. I believe I can touch the sky. Money, 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 ten dinner. Where? So you fly. So did he say you give them fly? So they will not fly. <laughs> I didn't know in the spirit. Your mind, see, let me tell you something about, let, let me tell you something I'm going to deal with you. Especially deal with in 2020. I'm going to deal with those perceptions and evil, evil perceptions in that, that religion has put in your mind. Where you, where you got all these angels are movies. Movies, movies are wrong. All those Jehovah Wickedness books, they will describe angels that they put in with wings. And honestly, those things are demonic because they are creating a false perception of the real reality to us. I was telling them in URS yesterday, I said, why, why is it that our first approach to the supernatural is first negative? So that you will see somebody you deceive, you say, the first thing you feel that will first come to your mind is, it's demonic. You see somebody rejoicing, laughing, <laughs> it's demonic. Ah, why is it that that's your, you see somebody speaking in tongues, you say, it's fake tongues. Why, why is it that the first perception in our minds are studying the supernatural? You see what you deceive, say, ah, is it that easy? Is first negative. That's demonic. It's the devil creating a false perception for us. Are you getting what I'm saying? 
I think I'm very free in this Bible. You notice I'm just touching so many things I'm not supposed to touch. But I want you to think. So you don't. So when he says they were naked, or something, the, the best question, the best thing I will ask you is, let's look at the angels. What clothes are they putting on? Who is giving them clothes in the spirit? Because if I'm, if I know anything like the palm of my hand, I know clothes belongs to this natural world. Yeah, that is here we have tailors now. Or is there spiritual tailors? Some, some people that used to do all these uh, deliverance, they say there's something called spiritual babas. They will not bab you here in your dream and they bab your destiny. We have ever heard those spiritual babas things. <laughs> those are questions we have to ask. Don't forget it's coming to real humans. Though. So you see that some details are not there. <laughs> Do they bury people naked? Lazarus and let him go. Lose him. Dude. <laughs> Sorry. The best thing to do is you have to now do research. How do they bury people in that world? You know, in our own world now, you have to dress well. They, to, they bury you in suit and makeup. That's what they call cremating now. The oh, sorry, and bam. You know, today in our world, the yes, they will dress you up properly with your best, with your best dress. They will put you on perfume. Yes. I, I remember my friend, when I went to see her, she was on a, because she's Igbo, she, they, they put her on an Igbo attire. Yes. Fine. Yeah. It's, it's like that. So, we'll now go back to that world. So are, you, are you getting what I'm saying? So now, let's come back to our Moses story. <laughs> <laughs> I, are you thinking, guys? Is this is this series causing you to think? Me, I just asked you a question. When it says in that Genesis three that they were naked, is it physical nakedness? I've not answered. I've not said yes or no. <laughs> Don't quote me. <laughs> if you quote me, I will misquote you. <laughs> Don't go. I've not said yes or no, but I'm just making you think. Because they were, they, the Bible says, they didn't even know they were naked before. <laughs> and all of a sudden, they were now naked. So what were they wearing? <laughs> Are you getting what I'm saying? <laughs> eh? Because the question we ask is, so... Who is giving angels clothes? So you see that? What we want to describe nakedness now? <laughs> we have to know what we want to talk about. See that Bible study is not, it's not a tea party. It's not let's just have 
Instagram coffee brunch, Bible and brunch. <laughs> it's good to what? As <laughs> just alighting my scripture. <laughs> Red for I don't understand. Yellow for it. I'm trying to solve it. Green for is clear. Somebody now I like red, 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 red. But say, what does your red mean? I don't understand everything. <laughs> oh boy. So we said, was Moses just documenting history? So when you read those other stories, look at me thinking is one story is telling you. Wizard is writings is selectively employed stories, utterances. Just like thinking, in the beginning, God created the heaven and earth. So, you know, the image in our mind is one day the whole earth was blank. Now, if the whole earth was, you know, what you did not thought of, think of in that your thought is that if there was actually a earth, who created that earth? Because, you know, in your own mind, you just feel like, Water was just flowing. I don't know if you've had that thought before. Water was flowing, it was just dark. And somebody from nowhere just said, Let there be light. And every, the whole earth just brightened up, and only him was there. I don't know if you had that imagery. Let me see how if he did. Oh, so who created the water? Who created the blackness that was around? Who created the God that says, let there be light? <laughs> Is it the water that just arranged itself to form the God? Are you getting what I'm saying? So you see that people have created wrong perceptions in your mind. And those things are not true. I think I said something in Summer Link campaign. I said, some of us thought that in creation story, God just mold clay. And I say, and I say, breathe. And say, he breathed into the souls. And he say, he became a living man. God cannot start from death. So that means man was first dead before he come alive. And that's not a right thinking space. God does not even use dead things. God used life. So it was we formed. We were created alive. I will explain this. We were studying even an or what is man? We're explaining this. Don't worry. We have a lifetime. I'm so tempted to teach even an so tempted. I'm, I'm so tempted to the teeth that I'm thinking I want to make it my camp meeting somewhere. <gasps> so tempted to the teeth that camp meeting will not be learning. This is heaven. This is hell. We're actually here where we are. We're actually in heaven. This is hell. Ah! I'm so. Ah, just be praying for me that I yield to God's spirit. <laughs> That's all say. That's all you die, boy. Just <laughs> no. 
I'm so tempted. If I don't do it, I'll, I will be sure that this year. I'm so tempted to teach it. Everyone at it. So at least we can understand that we are in a supernatural world and that what the world that we live in is not as it's supposed to. It's not as it seems, right? We are actually in a supernatural world. So in essence, Moses' writings, he employs stories, utterances, images, figures of speech, symbolic representations to teach the promise of God that will be fulfilled by another who is to come. Look at in Psalm 103 verse 7. Psalm 103 verse 7. It says, I think I'm having a good time in teaching this series because I've said so many stories, so many stories in this series that I don't think I've, I share any norm. Or maybe because it's Bible seminar, I'm very free. Look at Psalm 103 verse 7. It says, He has made known his ways unto Moses, his acts to the children of God. Now, let's speak that ways. That ways in the Greek word I pick Greek now for a reason. Is Derek. D-E-R-E-K, Derek. And it is used for distance. And it's used for distance. It's, the meaning of that word is distance. And it was first used in Genesis 3.24 where it says to keep the way Genesis 3.24, to keep the way of the tree of life. It says, you have known, look, in this place it says, he has made known, that word known, known, is from the Hebrew word, now Hebrew now, Hebrew word, yada, yadada, Yada, which is used for intimacy. The meaning of yada, intimacy. Somebody said intimacy means intimacy. Ha, I say he. <laughs> this rev, it means, say, you want to have an intimacy with God. It simply means into me, you see. Eh? People are, the way people are taking this rev to another level. <laughs> <laughs> So it was used for intimacy. And the word way in the Hebrew. No, this is not Greek. This should be Hebrew. Um, this is way is Hebrew and is Derek. Because don't forget we are using Old Testament. So it's Hebrew, sorry. And it implies distance. So the word Derek is from the root word Dalak. You know, we used to do root word. Root word, Darak. And um, a thumb used to, and it's a thumb that is used for what you aim for, what you aim for or plan to do. What you... Aim for or plan to do. So, 
like I told us, it was first used in Genesis 3, 24. And it was also used in Genesis 18, 19. Genesis 18, 19, where it says, They shall keep the way of the Lord. So in essence, it implies that God made his ways, or God made his plan known to Moses. So that means Moses knew God's plan for redemption, God's plan for salvation, and it reflected in his writings. Look at that Psalm 103, verse 7. He says, he made known his ways to Moses. So can we say that way means what you aim for or what you plan to do, right? That is, Moses knew God's plan. Moses knew God's ways, and he wrote from that perspective, right? It's like saying, I know the plan of God for Rochester now, that he wants to fill the head or fill Rochester with the glory of God, right? So if I'm to write now, where will I start from? Charles Finney, right? Start with all the churches that were formed, the history of the churches, right? Then I link it with the present day happenings, then I start tracing the events. Are you seeing it? So that was Moses' approach. So it means that Moses knew what God wanted to do, his plan, his redemption and salvation plan, and it's reflected in, and it's reflected in his writings. So, the first two chapters of Genesis, Genesis 1 and Genesis 2, form the foundation of Bible doctrine. So, Genesis 1, Genesis 2. So, see, you can't be a good Bible student if you don't understand those two books. And that's why, earlier in the year, I did Let There Be Light. And my, my major reason for doing that is just to explain Genesis chapter 1, 1 to 3. Uh, just so that we can have at least a basic... I call it a basic understanding. Let there be life for me is going to be, there's going to be a series too, obviously. And we're going to take that same thing we studied again in a supernatural context worldview again. So we'll look at that Genesis 1, 1 3 in a supernatural worldview, approaching a further life. So that will be series two. And we'll do that maybe next year, a couple of times to come. So recall something that the first two chapters of Genesis 1 form the foundation of the Bible doctrine of other book of the Bible. Oh, I'm sorry. And it should be observed from Genesis 1-1. See, Genesis 2. Genesis 1-1. 2. Genesis. To Genesis 2-3. That is, if you read from Genesis 1-1, in the beginning of created heaven and earth, the formula, to Genesis chapter 2, verse 3, where it says, And God blessed the seventh day, sanctified it, and because, and because he had rested from all this world, which God has created and made. If you read from them, Moses wrote God's promise using his own words and explanation. So as the first writer of the Old Testament, it is suffice to say that his choice of words and figures of speech in Genesis 1, Genesis 2, will solely be his own explanation of God's plan. So Moses was not writing in Genesis 1, creation story. No. Genesis 1 is not creation story. It is actually salvation plan. Are you hearing what I'm saying? It's like saying, I know God's plan. And I, 
wrote it. So it's like saying, I wrote it in my own way. In the best way to communicate it. Don't forget, we said Moses knew God's ways, right? He knew his ways. He made known his ways to Moses. And that is, we say, what you hear for plan to do. And we said, if you read from Genesis 1 to Genesis 2, 3, you will find that plan written. So when you read in the beginning, okay, on the fifth day, it's not telling you, it's not as if one, so you want to tell me God cannot create everything and call everything forth once. I don't know if you go and say, you want to tell me that? Okay, even if you even if you want to take everything literal and say, let there be light, and it was physical light he was talking about. So you want to tell me that he cannot call, let there be stone immediately, let there be rock immediately, let there be female. Why did he have to wait days? It's to tell you that <laughs> that's not what it was. Are you getting what I'm saying? Let you, so you want to say God can so God cannot do. So you, you want to tell me that. And this I ask people, I ask somebody a question. I say, do you want to tell me that? God cannot call all the head and put all of us. You should have been born the time Adam was at that time. I say, Chamakao, Joy, Favor, Inyadeo, everybody, Ibrahim, Koredeo, Tumisheo, Indidio, everybody. Holy more from Genesis. <laughs> All of us are in the garden. So you want to say it's not possible? Oh, is it not God? Are you are you over are you underestimating his power? Is that what? Is what? He's patient and long so. So it's especially a lot of people that kept you to this point. <laughs> so that you you will be having a info. They they were they were using stones. <laughs> so um so when we use when we see that word rested, that word rested from the Hebrew Shabbat. Shabbat, S-H-A-B-A-T-H, S-H-A-B-A-T-H, Shabbat. It simply means, because when you read in Genesis 2, when you read Genesis 2, where it says, Genesis 2, 3, let's go there, Genesis 2, 3. Where it says God rested. Where it says, and God blessed the seventh day and he rested from all his work. That word rested, we said, is from the Hebrew of Shabbat, and it implies to cease from work or labor. To cease from work or labor. To cease from work or labor. Now you see that same text. It was referenced in Exodus 16.30. Exodus 16.30 says, So the people rested on the seventh day. Exodus 31.17. Exodus 31.17. You also see it in the, in the book of 
in this in the book of Psalms, Psalm 95, verse 11, unto whom I swore that they should not enter into my rest. And what did we say Shabbat means? To cease from work or right or labor, right? Okay. Exodus 95, Exodus 95, 11. Oh, sorry. Why did I say Exodus? Okay. Psalms 9. I can't imagine Exodus 95. Eh? Man. Man. Uh, uh, probably our Bible would have been. Maybe there's Genesis 95, verse 11. Maybe this is how we'll be carrying Bible to George. So you see that they have to. They have to work on it. Are you getting what I'm saying? Ah. Because imagine the books we are reading for nobody will serve God. <laughs> imagine the book, your Bible is from that ceiling down. And you have to know it. You have to know God in all his ways. <laughs> you won't be in church. And then we now say Bible and we not six. You, you'll have a, you, you will already have a dick before coming. Yes, yes. <laughs> Do you mean what we understand this? <laughs> the word rest is from the Hebrew of menuka. You need to pay attention to this word. I'm going to, I'm going to be using it a lot in Bible study. Menuka. M E M E N. U C H A H Menuka. And it implies a place or abode of rest. A place or abode of rest. Menuka. That's the word rest. It means a place or abode of rest. And it was referenced in the text. Deuteronomy 12, verse 9. Deuteronomy 12, 9. It says, For as ye are not as yet come to the rest of the inheritance which the Lord God giveth you. Deuteronomy 12, 9. Isaiah 11, 10. Isaiah 11, 10. Isaiah 28, 12. Isaiah 28, 12. So the word menuka is a noun. So this is a noun, and it's synonymous to the term Shabbat. This is a noun. Shabbat is Shabbat is a verb. So, for instance, the, when you see the, you use the term "rested" and the seventh day, so Moses's explanation of God's salvation plan for man. Let me explain what it means. It simply means, so when, what was Moses doing from Genesis 2, verse 1 to 4, where he was explaining the God rested and all of those things? What was he explaining? Moses, that was Moses' explanation of God's salvation plan for man without man's impute. Simply mean that the rest is for man, not God. So when you say God rested, who is actually resting? Yeah. The resting, 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 
resting in your love. Uh, the earth is your resting place. Okay, now you're making, making sense. Jesus, Son of God, the earth is your rest. Okay. So, Moses' explanation of God's salvation. What was Moses? Moses' explanation, don't forget. Let's do a backtrack quickly before we continue. We said Genesis 1, Genesis 2, they were not salvation story, right? We've settled that, right? We said it's a story of... They were not creation story, sorry. And you people say yes, too. And you people say yes. Ah, look at that simple test. You people failed it. And all of you said yes, too. Why did you not say no? processing the information. So Genesis 1 is not salvation story. I intentionally said it again. So Genesis 1 is not creation story. It is salvation story. Right? And we said God made known his ways. We saw it in Psalm 103 verse 7. Right? To Moses. Right? And we said ways, plan. Right? Salvation plan. Right? So Moses will now communicate it to his audience. Don't forget, we already sorted out in the course of this series, Moses' audience. They were agrarian in nature. We've, we've dealt with that already, right? Moses will now communicate those plans or God's plan to his audience. And what was he explaining? So when he says, and God rested in that Genesis 2, when he says, look, go to that Genesis to everybody. Where it says, Toss the heaven and the earth were finished, and the host of them, and the seventh day. So, seventh ended his work, and he rested. The seventh day, he rested from all his work, also in verse 3. So, when you see seventh, rested, they are significant. So, and we said, Moses is a of God's salvation plan for man. Moses was explaining to us God's salvation plan for man. Without man's impute. That is, man will not do anything. It will be God who will do the work. So are you seeing that? Right from Genesis, it has been clear that it will be Christ that will come and die. Because it was God who says he will rest. So that shows he is the one that is going to do it regardless of man's work. So are you seeing that? Salvation can never be. You see what we are preaching today and say, it is not about your works. Is about what God has done. Are you saying that this is a message from Genesis? Are you getting it? So, the rest is for man, not God. So, and this will subsequently be explained as we move on in this our series. Because we are gradually approaching the major core of what I want to explain in this series. <laughs> Actually, we just started this series. After how many sessions? nine sessions. All we'll be doing is introduction into where I was really going. So now, Moses was not just documentary history, but it was docu- it was but theology. What is theology? When somebody asks you, what's theology? Theology is the study of God. When they say, what is uh, soteriology? Study of salvation. Pneumatology, study of the spirit. Uh, 
Christology, study of Christ. Eschatology, study of the last day's events, end times, and all of those things. Okay, cool. What of Bibliology? I'm just joking. What of Joylology? <laughs> I'm just joking. I'm just joking. I'm just joking. All right. So look at so we said Moses was not just documentary history, but theology, right? An explanation of God. So when we say theology, let me give you a, you, you you normally you just study of God. Let, let me add to it. The study of God, yes, in his promise and plan. Are you hearing me? So we say, what is theology now? We say, the study of God or an explanation of God in his study, in his promise, sorry, and plan. So Moses was not just documentary history, but theology. So when I use theology in the course of this series or in the, in the course of Bible study, I mean an explanation of God or a study of God, right, in his what? Promise and plan. So when I'm saying, this is theology, what am I meaning? I'm saying, this is God in his promise and in his plan. You need to start understanding Tamo. Just like this word menuka, I will use it almost to the end of time. So get used to this menuka. Get used to this Shabbat. There's so many things that Derek. Get, get used to it though. There are so many things I'm going to. Okay. Get used to it now. Yada. <laughs> I'm giving you expo. <laughs> so if you have a flashcard, put them somewhere. <laughs> uh, say, okay. Grizzlets. Okay. <laughs> so Moses selectively chose relative facts in history. So, did he document all the entire history? Are you seeing it now? So, is the Bible a place where you will learn the culture of the Jews? Are the cultures there? But, does the culture mean something? It's just like when we read the Feast of Pentecost or the Feast of Passover. Do you know that it has been a practice from the, from, from the Old Testament? So you see that these things were selectively written. But is that the entire culture? Okay, let me, let me explain something in the Yoruba culture for you now. In the Yoruba culture, or let me say in the African culture, let me just say Yoruba culture. When you want to eat, you wash your hand and you leave your meat till the last. Okay, it's probably Yoruba culture. You leave your meat till the last. If you eat your meat at the beginning of your food, <laughs> <laughs> your mother will tell you that's bad habit. You don't do that. So when me I grew up intentionally to date, even till today, I start with my meat for some reason. I'll just taste it and continue other food. Because I remember they used to flog me when I was younger. So I decided I'm, I'm now rebellious. <laughs> Are you getting what I'm saying? Now, but if you want to include those culture now. 
in those days. You know, that was not relevant to anything. Are you getting what I'm saying? So, we must document all the entire cultures in the... <laughs> you know? I just imagine, say, the, I, I does, I, just imagine the Yoruba culture that is eh, do eat your meat. Eat your meat after. How? Okay, so imagine that, just imagine that's in the Jewish culture too. How is that relevant to anything in scripture? But what you say, maybe that's why Jesus washed the hand of the disciples. <laughs> I washed their feet. <laughs> but that's not relevant. So imagine so many things in their culture. Did they practice? It's just like some people today now. Let me shock you. There are some people in Nigeria. Nigeria, oh, they are blowing the shafa. Something that is not in their culture and say it's, it's the Holy Ghost. Men are brethren. Are you in the Hebrew world? You don't even know how to blow it. Some people in this America, that's what they are doing. They have one thing. They call it a, what do they call that thing? Is it pipe? No. On. And they don't even know how to blow it. Because there's a specialization and a particular way you must blow the thing. Because it's their culture. But in our own Western world, am I saying Nigeria? They do it in the United States. Some churches do it in the South. Some churches that believe in this Jewish stuff. Woo! What did they say? A call for prayer. Ah, we, ah, you not different from Allah, Allah, Allah. Are you not different? So, some people wear prayer short and they cannot pray without their prayer. Are you not different from Allah, 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 I know that one very well because that's what they used to use to wake me up at 5 a.m. They'll do two, two. There's one, two. That's it. A jack by draw. Some people use prayer show and say, I cannot pray without my prayer show. What's that? I'll pray. Don't want the guy touch the wall in Jerusalem. They send your prayer request. I'm taking it to Jerusalem. <laughs> that's their culture. And that's not even Bible. That's not the word of God. Are you getting what I'm saying? <laughs> so what's most so the Moses write the entire culture in the Bible? So Moses was not just documentary history, but theology. And I'll explain what theology is. So he selectively, he chose relevant facts in the history of the Jews that spoke. So he just, it's like saying, so was it only Abraham's lineage? You know, how we see in scripture, in Genesis, Abraham's lineage, outside Adam, before Genesis 11, because the main essence of Genesis, in proper Bible study, the main essence of Genesis, the reason Moses wrote Genesis is because of Abraham. And we saw his lineage. From Genesis 11, it was Abraham's lineage downwards. Because Abraham gave birth to Isaac, Jacob, and all. But was he only Abraham that was alive in that world? 
there will be thousands of people alive in that world. So that shows Moses was specific about the relevant facts in the history of the Jews that spoke concerning someone to fulfill the promise of God putting them together in a written form. So I'll go, I'll go back again. Just like, I, I, just like if I'm to write a documentary history now of Rochester. Today is the first time I'm learning about baby brothers, the brown brothers who formed Rochester. That would never have crossed my mind in research. What will cross my mind is the place that Charles Finney was before he came to Rochester and the city he went next. Are you getting what I'm saying? I will take you to the school. There's a Charles Finney school here in Rochester. I will take you to the school. Would, are you getting what I'm saying? We will do all of those things. I will put it down. That's because they are relevant to our world, to what we want to achieve. So what was Moses trying to achieve? Salvation plan. So was he trying to document history for you? Was he trying to write, uh, tell you story? No, he wasn't trying to just give you story. So example of the promises you can see. Look, okay, let's do, let's do some examples. Example of the promises that can be seen from the beginning that he has wrote about the promise of God. Genesis 1.26. And God said, let us make her in our own image. Let them, after our likeness, let them have dominion over the features you see. Let them be fruitful, multiply, and all of those things. Subdue the earth. Genesis 26 to 28. We saw God's plan there. You also spoke about man in the image of God as God's intention from the beginning. Genesis 2, 1 to 3. You also spoke about the rest of God on the seventh day. Genesis 3, 15 to 16. It says, I'll put an enmity between the seed. The seed of the woman shall bruise. He says, the, and it shall bruise the head, and that shall bruise his head. He spoke of the seed of the woman that will bruise the head of serpent. Genesis, Deuteronomy 18, 15 to 17. says, God will raise a prophet with thee. I taught you this in uh, Genesis, in Deuteronomy 18, 15 to 19. I taught you this in Legend of Light. He says, he, he wrote about the prophet that God will raise from one of the tribe of Israel, right? And you see, I will look at Jesus now, lion of the tribe of Judah. So he came from that same tribe, that same lineage. And we also, we look at even Moses, we also trace Moses on, into the Levi, right? That Moses is part of that same lineage. I, was, I remember I was discussing with my pastor, and we were talking about the book of Ruth, and I said, I, I never knew the significance of women so much till I, till I did that study, till, till, till I listened to what he thought about it. I said, ah, yes, now that you can know, you will know a true denomination with their study on women, with their approach to the women issues in scripture. Because if you take out the women directly from the scripture, you are taking out a very vital aspect of the scriptures. So he said you will know a true denomination of what they believe. Yes, EWK, I think I, I taught this in one series that I said, you will know a denomination by their theology of the new birth, right, or salvation. Now, my pastor expanded it and said, you know a true denomination by their study on their, on their, on their, on their doctrine of women. Such that, how do you approach women? Such that, are, are women just neglected in your ministry? Are women taking a back seat? Can, do you allow women to pastor? Do you allow women to preach? Do you allow women to, you know, do stuff? Some people just delegate women to just choir members. They, some people, some churches don't believe that women should pastor. Some people don't believe that women should preach. Some people don't believe that women should lay hands on them. 
or people. Some people don't be, you, so you will know a true denomination by their study. So you see also in Deuteronomy 30, verse 10 to verse 10 to 20, you see the plans written there. It's also spoke about the life and the message he preached to them. You see Genesis 27 to 20, Genesis 22, sorry. Genesis 22, 20 to Genesis 22, verse um, 7 to 8. So it says about the lamb would God provide for himself. So I'm trying to see where I can put this to because I will continue this much later. So he spoke about the land that God will provide for himself. So we said the, the entire context of the book of Genesis will start from the two chapters, right? Genesis 1 and Genesis 2. And we said that's the foundational chapters of Bible doctrine, right? If you, can, if you struggle with Genesis 1 and Genesis 2, believe me, you, you will have problem with the entire scriptures. Because that's the foundational aspect. This is what all other writers are speaking. Just like if, if you do even understand this menu canal, you don't even understand Shabbat, you don't understand that the rest wasn't for God, was for man. You know, we say, and God rested. But you will read it like it was God that is taking a break. Or God was taking vacation. Or God went to Santorini, Greece to just, you know, have a good time. Some will say, you, you, you need to rest. You will say, even God rested. For God to rest, you mean you need rest. I, I thought he is God. Why does he need rest? It's just to show you. The rest is just to show you. Man does not have a part to play in this thing. It's all me. Are you getting what I'm saying? That, that's, that's simply about his rest. So, that is, so that's why we can simply say, a man who is born again has come to his, God's resting place. Why is the earth going to be God's resting place? Because the earth will be filled with the glory of God. Are you getting what I'm saying? Can we call this church God's resting place? Right? Because is God resting? Can we? Okay, let's let's say is God resting in this church? Because you are born again. Are you getting what I'm saying? So can we say? Can we say, what does God wants to do on the... Can we say, what does God want to do in Rochester? He wants to, he wants to make his resting place in every household in Rochester. Can we say that? He wants to have his resting place there. Uh, are, you, are you seeing it? So, is he him doing something via his salvation, via his finished works? Are you seeing it? Ah, so, if you, don't, if you didn't understand this thing now, all you don't read is, God rested. He took a vacation. And that's because of our English. You know, I told you, the Bible is not as English as you think. It's not. It's not as English as you think. The English has made it... For, has made it, has made it a, quite a dilemma for us in study. So, if you understand Genesis 1, Genesis 2, this is what other writers, speakers, including Jesus, refer to as the beginning. So, when we talk about beginning... We're talking majorly about Genesis 1, Genesis 2. Because that is the beginning. That's the promise. And since Moses is the beginning of the writings, the only scripture, it is suffice to say, other writers also taught from Genesis to the Taonomy. Other writers were teaching from Moses. They were going to the beginning. 
So this leads us to an examination of something called language. Examination of language and its different perspectives and forms as it relates to the Bible. So we'll just look at language and uh, ah, if, if I go into this language, we also, we also have to ask another question. Is it necessary to learn the grammar employed across the books of the Bible? Because uh, that thing is key. But I will stop here. Let me stop here so that I don't complicate this, this particular session for you. Because I, I, I like to have a hymn especially in, in my section, such that you live to understand something. But now, you can safely understand that. Was Moses documenting history? So, is Genesis 1, Genesis 2, Genesis 3, Genesis 4, Genesis 5, Genesis 3, the whole of Genesis, was it just stories? But was it story? But was it just a story? So, but it was a story pointing to something, right? It was a pointer. So, that means, is Genesis 1 a creation story? Obviously, no. Is Adam and, is Adam's story creation of man's story? No, it can't be. So, it will be about what? The intention of what Moses is. Don't forget, we look at that Psalm 103. Derek is ways. It will be about God's plan. So what is his plan? His salvation plan. So that shows I can read the Bible and see the Bible as what? Salvation plan. So when I look at this Bible, what is it? What God wants to do on the earth? So when we say what is theology? The explanation of God, right? The study of God with what? With his promise and what? And plan. So when I say, this is God doing something, this, if I say, wow, this is theology, am I just saying just the study? Mm -mm. I'm saying also his promise and what? His plan. So can we say that rest, the rest narrative of the scripture is theology? Can we say it? Why? Because it contains his promise, it contains his plan. So you see that? Don't just limit theology into, oh, study of God. Mm -mm. Can we say the seventh day narrative is theology? Because it contains what? It's promise and what? Can we say the Shabbat narrative is theology? Because it contains what? It's promise and it's plan. Does it make sense? So when they say, when you read in scripture on the Sabbath day, <laughs> his, plan, his promise and plan is in view. So when he says, now when Jesus was trying to yield the sick on Sabbath day, that's because he is fulfilling his promise. Her plan. You know, Jesus defiled the law. He was healing the sick on Sabbath day. And they were blaming him. That Why should you do that? Because on Sabbath day, you are not expected to do anything. I mean, I, I did a study into some of the Jewish words. Another aspect of another Jewish word. Such that, I, I mean, they are somewhere in New York. And such that, 
in that world, in, on the Sabbath day like today now, they can't go out. All the food they want to eat, they have cooked it yesterday. Because you can't go cook today. You can't step outside. You can't do anything. All you are just doing is just <laughs> rest. You can't read. Just rest. Rest, rest, rest. Resting in your love. Are you getting what I say? So, you're just resting. So, you see, when a church is called the rest house, you see, it's a good, it's a good name. Or where is he? So, they are. Huh? <laughs> so, are you, are, you, are you getting what I'm saying? So, when you see that, um, but, so, you see that Jesus, you will see that Sabbath day narrative in scripture. You see that seventh day narrative in scripture. You will also see that um, rest narrative in scripture. On the seventh day, God rested from all his works. Was it meaning, was Moses meaning that God took a break? No, it simply means what God, it simply means that it was an explanation of what God's plan for man without man's impute. That is, God have decided to do the work without man's help. So man will receive what I have done. So the rest is for man, not even God. Who is actually really resting? Let me tell you, it's me. It's man. It's you and I. The very minute we got born again, we entered in his rest place. Hallelujah. We are in his resting place. We, we, we can simply say, like God, we have rested because we are born again. Do we to God. I you get what I'm saying. So he says, and God rested on the seventh day. And it's our day. Ah. So we'll look at that more. We'll, we'll study that resting more. Maybe in the next series, or maybe maybe we'll take a series especially to deal with this rest. How about that? We'll just take one series and just say, rest. Or God's resting place. Amen. Maybe I should teach that in camp meeting. God's resting place. How he wants to make the earth his resting place. Ah. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise God. But I think we understand. So we, we said Menuka, we said Shabbat, right? And we said, um, was Moses just documenting history? And we said, <laughs> no. So was he telling us all the history of, of the Jews? No. So he was specific, right? Uh, that's why you will see the begat. That's why it seemed like you can trace the lineage. And it seemed like, look at what, the way Luke traced the lineage, and I really liked it. It changed the lineage from Adam. So tell you that, this Bible is just a story of one family, or one lineage, one generation. Luke traced something in Luke 3. He traced the lineage of Jesus to Adam. Matthew traced from Abraham. Are you getting what I'm saying? To tell you that, he wasn't talking about the entire world. But everybody wants the Bible to tell us, when did God create some? <laughs> what did he play Pluto? 
Go and listen to all these Elon boys. <laughs> Pluto, Pluto president. You will know when you read Why did he blow Venus? Is the head just rotating his head? Do you know what changed my thinking? Was when I went to, when I took a, um, in, in IPUI some years ago, I took this class, uh, uh, anthropology. And they told us that some rocks are dated into 50 million years ago. Ah, <laughs> it just crashed my head. Ah. I said, but Bible, but Bible dates is like 6,000 years ago. Or probably maybe 7,000 now. Because we've been saying 6,000, 6,000 for so many years now. <laughs> I said, so, so you mean 50 years ago, wrong? So yeah, they even brought a dead body bone. They said they preserved it. They said, this body, it has lived for about a million years. Ah! So I said, so is this head that much, that long? Ah! That's where my head started thinking. I didn't want to believe the class. So I used to challenge the man. If the man says, I said, no. The Bible says, <laughs> the man laughed one time. <laughs> But the man had first six, so we couldn't finish the whole, the whole series, the whole course with us. So we were studying on our own. So I was like, in my head then, in my own renewed mind, I was like, maybe it's God that was dealing with him. <laughs> I'm just joking, you know. But I kept challenging him in those classes. I was just like, no, this is not, this is not, I thought maybe this, I thought maybe that sickness that, he, that happened to is the dealings of God, you know. There's something called the dealings. <laughs> when I teach you people sovereignty of God, we do, we answer that question. We answer, is there something called the dealings of God? You know, say God deal with me. God dealt with me. All of those things. But I think you understand this. Was God, was Moses documenting history? Ah, no. It was very specific with God's plan. So when you pick your Bible to read, so can we say Genesis 1 begin with God's salvation plan? So now let me give you let me give you another teaser. So when it says in the beginning God created the heaven and earth, is it talking about the physical heaven and earth? It was a salvation plan, and we'll address it later. Amen. Blessed. All right.